Okay, guys, uh, welcome to the Friday show, aka uh, episode 5.c of the Codex West podcast. Um, if you did not catch the earlier episodes this week, uh, on Monday we talked about uh, Cuphead, and on Tuesday we talked, or sorry, on Wednesday <laughs> we talked about gun control. Um, and today we're going to be talking about uh, what exactly a state of emergency is. Um, as always, I am joined by my co-host Mark Wevola. Yo, yo. And Johnny Peglino. You know he always says yo yo. Yeah, he does. Always, like, I say what up or yo yo. I've been switching uh, between the you two. You know what? I think you I say give it some dynamic. Hmm, that's that's fair. I don't even <laughs> say my name most of the time. I prefer my anonymity. <laughs> true. Very true. Hmm. <laughs> um, Very true, Jacob Lively. So <laughs> nice. Uh, that's <laughs> good. Meme. Actual name Clarence Thomas. Anyways. <laughs> Um, oh my god! So, state of emergency. What? Uh, what, I, I'll be honest here. Uh, I'm, I kind of let Johnny take point on this one, and I'm not really sure what you guys want to talk about. Well, okay. So, um, a lot like when we were okay. When I was in Italy, we were doing some podcasting, and we had a hold up because uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, Mark got hit with the cane hurricane, <laughs> and <laughs> and um. To me, it just became sort of the stories Mark was telling were kind of, I was struck with the realization that, um, like, okay, so did, did Governor Scott, was he, was it like, did he issue a state of emergency? Oh my God. Yeah, of course. They they issue a state state of emergency, like when it's going to rain too hard. But I mean, right. so yeah. when when he issues a state of emergency, that means something completely different for, on the level of politics than it does for the people that are affected, waiting in line for gas. Yeah, I mean, then it yeah. means for the people who are holding each other up at gunpoint because of hysteria. Like, <laughs> yeah. there's so many levels in which, like, once you hear the words "we are in an emergency" or you are taken by the realization that you are in a state of emergency Mm -hmm. there's just such a um like a divergence of meaning when it comes to that and then it made me think like okay when we're thinking about emergency like what like i'm in i am in an emergency this is an emergency right yeah is that different than i am in a state of emergency versus does that have anything to do with the feelings that i'm feeling Mm -hmm. right like it's panic it, panic is obviously not um, like the same thing as an emergency, but when we think of like um, I'm in an emergency, obviously the idea that like it it seems like it we would like to think that someone that is in an emergency is panicking, even mm-hmm. though when we look at um, what that word means, that's not actually the case. Um, And then when I started looking at the laws of emergencies, it was completely different than the What you think of, yeah. Yeah, the dictionary definition of an emergency has nothing to do with (laughs) With what the legal definition of emergency. And I mean, and so it. Go on. So yeah, there's just all these divergences of meanings, Um, and so like it turns out that sovereignty is really related to the idea of emergency. uh, Yeah, absolutely. Because the, so uh, the other I don't thing, know. I thought maybe yeah. it would be interesting if, like, uh, w- 
Mark was just in a situation where he was literally in a state that was in a state of emergency. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he got to see it. It was he got really to see crazy. It I'll, three I'll say it's like levels. really wild. It was not. You like, got to see the. You got to see the personal, the mm-hmm. uh, social, and the political aspects of yeah. it. I wanted to sort of just like probe into your experience, and then we could maybe like have a like from there, from your experiences, from your um, perceptions, we could kind of free fall into a more broad discussion for sure um does that make sense so like what like can you just explain what your personal situation was and what you saw on the ground which i would constitute a social yeah absolutely uh, and i mean so what i'll say is that um just to kind of like talk about what like state of emergency specifically the idea from a legal perspective like very briefly is just that it's like allowing the government to do things it doesn't normally have the right to do like right. issue yes. mandatory evacuations and things like that right that's and very is, different yeah. than what we think of when we're like oh this is an emergency situation we don't totally think of, like, and that's why it's, it's like usually a, yeah. like oh things are happening that are bad it's but also it's like a like necessary you, it's like a necessary mechanism for the government to be able to take particular actions Right. Yeah. And then at the same level, it's also supposed to have some symbolic value. It's supposed to like indicate that you need to think differently. Like, Off, you know like, what I mean? Just on like, that point, yeah. that's where like people are like weirded out or like it's perplexing why Trump just issued a state of emergency on the opioid epidemic and then didn't do anything. That just no. I mean, it's absolutely bizarre. I have no idea yeah. what that was. That's not like, right. That to me, that's like it's purely like to like. Almost that's where I want to start the discussion because um, to me that demonstrates a complete um, – like he has no curiosity when it comes to what it means to be in a state of emergency because he's like, yeah. oh, that's a problem. We're in an emergency. People told me we're in an emergency. And <laughs> yeah, it's, I, yeah, I have no it's idea. It's just like a way of just like – you know, it's almost – it's so austere ostensive where he's just like oh that that's a problem that mm-hmm. we should be in an emergency about that things are bad you know but we're like there's such a like a wealth of things to think about when it comes to putting yourself in like an emergency mindset yeah that to me that's like the mo- that's a way of like demonstrating the vapid character of just um not thinking about this subject thoroughly and and i think that like i think you make a good point that it's there's a lot of kind of theater to it, right? Uh, a lot of right. political theater in the way that uh, these orders are used. But so, like, to kind of get to what I, the way that I experience uh, the hurricane recently. I mean, we're all from Florida. Like, we've experienced hurricanes before. We've experienced, yeah, um, right, kind right. of all of this stuff. But I can tell you what, dude. I'm not. I'm not lying. This was one of the few times that I've actually felt. Uh, like really uh, like th- th- how about this this is the first time that I really felt the panic around me it was really kind of it was it was really shocking yeah. um, because at first Hurricane Irma was supposed to just like hit Miami direct on as like a category 4 category 5 storm which would have been I mean it would have been raucously devastating it would have been out- absolutely outrageous um, and the thing is that I was in a mandatory evacuation zone uh, in my house in like you know southwest of downtown Miami and the thing is that it was it was a really it was a long time before the storm was coming, but they decided to evacuate us really early. And one of the things that happened was like, you know, the state issues this state of emergency, which is something that we all kind of expect 
when the hurricanes are coming. Because that's the other thing. If you're in a state where this shit doesn't actually happen all that often, you might have a very different experience with hearing, like, what a state of emergency is being issued. Yeah, right? yeah, totally. But the thing is that, like, when you're from Florida, I mean, that happens a lot, right? It happens yearly. Every every hurricane yeah. season, yeah. Yeah, every hurricane season, there's going to be at least one state of emergency, right? But what I'll tell you is that I really started to feel something when I went out to try and get gas and i mean not only were there just lines around the block there were lines around the block on tuesday night when the hurricane didn't even hit until saturday overnight Jesus. right i mean around the block like it, it's so many people okay and then later that night i mean somebody pulled a gun at the gas station down the block from me right and by wednesday when they actually issued my evacuation order uh the police had put caution tape up around all of the gas stations and we're regulating the lines to come in for gas, right? On top of that, like Brittany and I tried to get out before the before the hustle. Like we got out on Wednesday night because we had already kind of prepared for it. We knew we were going to get evacuated because we were in the right, first right. zone. And so the thing is that um, when we were getting ready to leave, that's when like the police were coming around the neighborhood on megaphones telling everybody that we need to get the fuck out. Good right? lord. Yeah, dude. I'm telling you, it was really, really wild. And then we left that night, so I didn't get into the traffic. But then for the next, like, I mean, this is all on, again, this is all on Wednesday when the storm didn't even hit until, like, overnight on Saturday, right? And so um, what ended up happening was that as time went on, they ended up opening up both sides of the highway. So you couldn't drive south on I-95 towards Miami because that entire lane was also taken up by northbound traffic. Right. So that's, they I think you sent to, me a picture yeah. of that, but it still just blows my mind. It's absolutely crazy. It's really, really wild to actually like, you know, see, I wasn't there on the road when they had started doing that, but I saw it on TV and everything. And, um, what I'll tell you is that when you, when I was going to Publix and trying to get water or something like that, I mean, all the water was, um, pretty much gone and it was, you know, yeah. uh, uh, lines around uh, lines, all weaving through the store to get water. And we had gotten water early enough, but, we lost power for 10 days in my neighborhood, for example, right? So it took, I mean, when I got back from Amsterdam, that was two weeks after the hurricane, right? Two whole weeks after the hurricane had happened. And, and still... Oh my God, no, no, I mean, I, there's still piles of debris out on the street that they haven't Jeez. picked up yet. Um, finally, I mean, like everything, you know, the power was back uh, after 10 days. But I mean, my neighborhood, my house was particularly lucky but my neighborhood, you know, trees came down, power lines were down. When I got here, um, I came here a couple of days after the hurricane to check it out. And other people were not so lucky, I can say. Like, you know, trees and houses and all of that. And we didn't yeah. even get the brunt of it, right? It wasn't even, it wasn't even that bad. But the thing is that um, the, actual, the actual experience of evacuating and actually having the police like outside, you know, it feels like out of a movie on the megaphone telling everybody that they have to get out. It's a mandatory evacuation. I think that that was the time that like, I mean, it really hit me that this was like a big fucking deal because, you know, you know, oh, go have a hurricane party when it's a category two hurricane or something yeah. like that. You know what I mean? That's very different than you that need was to get like, the fuck out of your house. That's a super common attitude home. too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and particularly in Florida. And I know that um, uh, you guys all know that. I mean, like, you know, if it's under, a, if it's under a category four storm, then it's really not that big of a deal. In yeah. It just show. doesn't even, doesn't even count. It either. doesn't even like count. We just go and we like have a party we had, and we go to bed. Uh, uh, Andrew was in 92, but I was, uh, I was living in Florida. I was living in like a, this sort of isolated, like farm area. 
in mm-hmm. uh, in Lutz when I think it was Isaac hit. Yeah. We didn't have power. It was pretty remote, and we didn't have power for I think four or five days, and we were yeah. in the middle of nowhere. But it was still. You know, I think, like, uh, an interesting thing about, like, being in a state of emergency is, like, having pride in what you perceive as, like, composure in the face of danger, even if the danger oh, isn't particularly real. Yeah. And that's, like, a whole culture in Florida. I think it's really... Yeah, and, I, totally. and I'm sure... <laughs> and you see the same thing in, like, totally. um, people that... Uh, when I was living in Atlanta, people that were, like, northerners <laughs> that had sort of transplanted to Atlanta... That in Atlanta, when it snows, people lose their goddamn minds. They, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they cannot like. Didn't handle... the governor like say like do weed and like? <laughs> didn't he go crazy? Yeah. Oh yeah. The, <laughs> the governor. The governor like basically. I don't remember the exact like phrasing that he used, but it would he essentially said like stay in your house and smoke weed. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's great. Oh, and it was like a it was like a quarter inch of snow. Like it was just like a dust, <laughs> a very light. Like it didn't snow hard. It was dusting. You know. It was. Yeah. But you see, like, <laughs> you have, like, that attitude, and then, like, uh, you know, you see, like, up north in, oh, I lived in Columbus for a few years, and the people up there, you know, you'll have, like, 10 inches of snow, and people are just, like, casually driving around, like, yeah, for nobody sure. nobody right. gives a shit, so life goes on. And that's, like, uh, like, the other thing about a state of emergency I think that's important is the level of preparation for the people that are there. Yeah. I don't know how, like, important that is to, to exactly what we're talking think, about, but... Well, I think what you're... you're getting on which is sort of what i wanted to like i wanted to sort of dissect sort of the things when we think about emergency like Mm -hmm. our our gut reaction is like if you're in an emergency it's like run for your life like like fight or flight kind of right right right? how what what you're describing is what you're describing is like okay obviously if you're in atlanta and it snows versus if you're in like chicago or columbus chicago yeah and it snows um, it could be the same amount of snow, but one, um, like if it ha- it's relative, right? If it happens totally. in Atlanta, it might be an emergency where in Buffalo, it's like a Tuesday. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, that kind of demonstrates already that what um, an emergency is, is relative. And it doesn't actually, whatever an emergency is, it's not like objective circumstance it is a reaction to circumstances and um why that's important i feel like is because um if something is that obviously subject to subjectivity in a way right um you can have it can be corruptible because i think it's important to um think about the ways in which i'm emergencies are utilized in our political language or like when we issue a state of emergency it's not just like america like think about like um egypt for instance egypt was in a state of emergency from 1967 to 2012 i don't know was everybody in panic for that long that doesn't seem Oh my god! <laughs> like I, I don't even have to get into why that was the case. Yeah, that's like, obviously on the face, that's absurd. Yeah, I don't know. Has France even? Is France still in a state of emergency? Yeah, I don't know. Like, like from their terrorist attack. Basically, it's whatever it is. It means that there's a there's a certain set of circumstances in which we're allowed to act differently, right? Mm-hmm. Which that is so ambiguous that it's suspect in itself Ooh, right okay like, i like where this is going yeah yeah because 
Okay, so like when we think about a personal thing, like let me just pull up the uh, the emergent the def the the definition in the dictionary of emergency is like a serious, unexpected, and often dangerous situation requiring immediate action. Right? Mm-hmm. That's just like it's nothing. Yeah. It's like, and it's also completely irrelevant to being in a state of emergency. Right. 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 Like, um, which is weird because when you think of like. Like if I'm in pain or in a state of pain, those things are not very different. But if I'm in a, in an emergency, which is just like a dangerous situation that requires immediate action versus a state of emergency, which is a political definition, which is basically like um so like <laughs> Carl do you guys know who Carl Schmidt is? He was basically like a German political philosopher who ended up being sort of like a Nazi sympathizer. Oh, I know who you're talking. Yeah, like, I know who you're talking. Right. About. Yeah. So he would say, in a state of emergency, uh, a sovereign state w- should be above any constitutional law and ought to make decisions on behalf of the good of the state, right? Yeah. So um, <laughs> that sounds a whole – like, if that's how you're defining a state of emergency, that sounds a whole lot different than a dangerous situation yeah. which requires yeah. immediate action. <laughs> that's saying all sorts of different things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe we can transpose this to the self, right? Like, okay, if what is – like if we perceive something as a dangerous situation right that already says a lot of things about what we value mm-hmm. um if it's personal so much of it's instinctive like let's say you woke up and your house is on fire like by all like by the dictionary definition you're in an emergency it's a dangerous situation that requires immediate attention mm-hmm. and Usually we use like the burning fire. What would you take out of your house? Yeah. Oh this shit! I, I did that shit, by the way, because I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, that's like, sort of what that I was actually. Yeah. yeah, that's good. I that's remember you talking crazy, about dude. it, dude. It was crazy. I, I yeah. cried a little bit. I got a little. That's like fit. a hypothetical. People it was fucking think about nuts. All the time. Yeah, because but I remember this is actually why I thought about it is because you were telling me like I'm just like choosing the things I need to take with me. Obviously, you're not yeah. in a fire, but mm. you're in like a slow moving fire. Exactly. You're yeah, like exactly. I can't take everything. Like I'm a, not very run fire. <laughs> a very wet U-Haul. A very wet. A very super wet fire. So you're already like thinking about you're already it, when something's dangerous. That means that like it's a threat, right? Mm. And if an entire situation, if you're thinking like, to me, there's something holistic about an emergency um, where it's like, it's not just like, oh, that's a threat to, you know, one specific thing I value. An emergency is like a threat to a certain, like, it's like a threat to lots of things I value. Yeah. Um, So like for you, it was like, what do I take out of my house? Mm -hmm. Right. Which is like a common way of like, we we invoke this hypothetical situation so that we can order to the things in which we value, right? Like yeah. obviously we take my dog, I would take all of my music stuff mm-hmm. because those are things I like, it's a way of elucidating the things that I value. Totally. Now, if you're looking on that at a political level, it's like politics is already confusing as is without there already, like without there being this like emergency situation where the state can take control and determine the things that are valuable for itself. Mm-hmm. This is where it gets weird because, like, um, we can be like, imagine already, like, let's say your house is on fire, or like for you, like there was a hurricane coming, and you decided on the things that you thought were valuable. Mm-hmm. You leave and you're like, fuck, I forgot this other thing that is much more valuable than the thing I brought. Yeah. Right? Like, let's say you brought a blanket when you should have brought 
your computer or something. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you, just make, <laughs> yeah, totally. you make an epic oh mistake. Oh my God, yeah. You can be wrong about the things that you think are valuable on a personal level, mm-hmm. right? That's why we ask the question. That's why we think about what would you take if your house is on fire? Because we want to be able to already have a sense in which we value. Like we already want to have a value ranking. Right, of totally. Things we have. One, it elucidates what's valuable to us so we can think about that more clearly in our day-to-day non-emergency lives. But also it's important because it reminds us that we can be wrong when we're panicking. We can be yeah. wrong when we're not thorough thinking. Mm-hmm. That's already confusing enough as is. On the political level, where we're already having intense social collective debates about what we value, like what we talked about with guns rights or like gun mm-hmm. control. Yeah. Um, imagine if all of a sudden you're in an emergency and what the state imagines as emergency is we're taking control now because what we want to do is protect the goods of what, what did he say? The good of the state. Yeah. yeah. Right. We don't, we can't even define what that is in non-emergency situations for sure. And then we allow you know like i don't know exactly how like we could think about this and how it worked with your evacuations mm-hmm. and your situation but to me it seems like there's already like this is going to be kind of stupid but there's an assumed um there's an assumption already that like with evacuations that leaving the like preserving people's lives yeah exactly it's like it's like of a higher is a good of the state well exactly right yeah like i think that there's something to say about like uh if people don't want to leave they don't they shouldn't it shouldn't be mandatory yeah right because um it's not the it's not up to the state to protect people in well, terms but, of like when, when we say that it's like mandatory, what like I don't think that you like go to jail if you don't evacuate. I don't think so either. I think yeah, it's, I think it's too. like a little more complicated than that. I, I don't actually yeah. know what like the enforceability of these mandatory evacuations are. Yeah. But I mean, like, mm-hmm. what I can say is that um, there are certain things that I think that you hit the nail on the head that like saving lives is some good that the state is trying to protect while it's in a state of emergency, right? Similarly, what I can say is that when I saw, like, I would go out to try and get gas and the police were, like, dictating this. I was I made that joke that, like, the gas stations became state-run, right? Like, you know, state-owned yeah. gas stations yeah. everywhere, right? Um, yeah. And the thing is, like, I mean, it was really funny because that happened the day after... Uh, the day after that guy pulled the gun down the block for me, right? And, I mean, I don't live in a bad neighborhood. Miami is not, like... Super, you know, ultra dangerous or anything like that. It's no, just that like it's Florida and there's a bunch of guns and everybody was freaking out. You know what I mean? And so the yeah. thing is that um, I think that you can see, like, you know, I think that there are collective values that the state can protect in those kinds of situations that don't require a whole lot of um overthink and i i you know i want to refrain from common sense because that's not what i'm trying to say i'm saying like common value so like you know everybody should get enough gas to be able to actually get out of the dangerous place right yeah and i think that that's like one of those things you know people would show up get in line for gas fill up their car and then sit there with like a you know 10 one gallon jugs to get more gas and that's like not okay when 
the gas truck is not going to be here for another two days and you have to leave tomorrow night. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah. And I mean, it was, that was pretty bizarre. But so I think that like from a political standpoint, oh, what you can say is that um, there is definitely a relationship to uh, the personal value system that we uh, that we take on when we decide like what we're bringing with us. Right. At the same time, I think that there are like legitimate ways for the state to exercise power on like behalf of a vast majority of value that's true do you know what i mean yeah because um that's actually like a really this is actually kind of an interesting way to like make attacks against the free market (laughs) sense of economics because um a lot of people you know how it's like okay if there's a fire proceed to the exits yeah like walk you know, it's not like run, don't stampede towards the yeah. exits, you walk, right? Yeah. This is like a way of thinking collectively. In an yeah. order Where it's like, fashion. okay, you know, like maybe if we all walk, one person dies, but 20 people don't die in a stampede. For sure. Right? That's Maybe that's the thinking. I think it's probably even easier than that where it's like the stampede is 100% more likely to kill you than the fire is. <laughs> yeah, if you I walk think that out. there's like a lot of personal interest in yeah. that shit too. So because there's a way in which also like, like, you can make like the Rawlsian argument, like Rawls' moralistic argument about, yeah. um, uh, you know, veil of ignorance. You don't know where you are in the gas line. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If you're the first person yeah. in the gas line, yeah, you're going to have a different, um, a different idea of what would be fair than if you're fourth, fifth, oh, totally. 20th. But at the same time, there's way more positions that aren't first in the gas line. Do you know what I mean? Then there totally, are positions right. that so are So you first. have to think. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like a collective way you have to think. And there's something so unintuitive about walking when the building's on fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And why it's unintuitive is literally because it defies your personal intuition, which is like, how do I protect myself? For sure. Because this is sort of what I wanted to think about is that um, – what Jacob was saying is that, you know, people, it might be a state of emergency, but we've been through a lot. We have resolve in the face of it mm-hmm. if you're like in Florida with a hurricane, right? Versus like if you're in Atlanta when it snows and you're panicking, there's like a range of emotions mm-hmm. when it comes to um, thinking about emergencies. But so many of those emotions have to deal with your own sense of self in relation to the circumstances, right? It's yeah. not like, you know what? It's like, I'm, so few people are like, I'm not going to freak out because statistically, like, the hurricane isn't likely to destroy my house. Or, you know, it's like, or, you know, it's like when you think about in collective ways and your emotionality is into, like, the collective response, mm-hmm. um, it's, that's so uncommon and it's so different than if you're like, I don't, like, the hurricane's not going to screw me over. I've been through this before. Screw everyone who's telling me I need to leave versus, <laughs> like, the people who are freaking out so much they're holding each other at gunpoint. Yeah, that emotional response is just all. That entire range is just completely um, about personal relationship to this collective emergency, which it already d- demonstrates that whatever like the definition, the di- dictionary definition of what an emergency is, it's like unhelpful because <laughs> people, you know, it's yeah, like no, you, right. it may be a dangerous situation, but you're gonna say it's not dangerous because you want to have some personal response in which case is it dangerous like what is it's like is it dangerous to your ego is it (laughs) there's you know it's just like it's it it when it seems like an obvious thing like if you're an emergency you need to do something but once you start really picking at i think once you yeah (laughs) once you get like uh familiar enough with like i guess once you've seen some shit 
your standard for emergency becomes much higher and then like you can have a exactly like you said i know it was kind of a joke but like you can have an emergency where like the biggest thing on the line is you know your your ego your what if what if i fail to respond in the way you know how like people like uh fantasize about how they would react if somebody came in with (laughs) a gun and like yeah yeah, exactly i do this that's what happened to me yeah like i got mugged in chicago and before that i was i romanticized about how how you would react yeah i'd be like you're not gonna take the money from me (laughs) (laughs) i'll show you who a real frontiersman is which i would do karate that i didn't know (laughs) and gymnastics which i never learned to like get myself out like i would just dance away and fly on a unicorn home after I like taught them life lessons about <laughs> civility and, and the sanctity and, of life and oh the sanctity God. of life and what happened was is a guy pulled a gun on me and I was just like oh here's, seriously here's yeah <laughs> that <laughs> really <was> really <laughs> yeah it went I went seriously I gave him the money and then I walked home and canceled my credit cards yeah that's that was I, like I, a, I was in a really so, really similar yes. situation too and that was my exact respond i got uh I, I was held at gunpoint in a in a car and uh the, the guy the guy has a gun literally pressed into my neck and it like my reaction isn't panic it's just like come on Seriously? like yeah. like, like why you're getting nothing out of this i'm very poor like this is just not not worth it for either but he he uh he asked me to open up my i'm in wallet. a beige car, yeah. in a beige car. <laughs> he asked me to open up my wallet and i pulled out a bunch of receipts and just threw them in his lap i was like <laughs> there you go, what do dude. you want from me dude like it's so funny but like it that's i mean that's an emergency robbed see i don't know if that is an emergency i guess that's what i'm saying is like there can be dangerous situations where like maybe it's only an emergency if you actually think your life is in danger but then like if your life's in danger i'm not saying you didn't think your life was in danger it was just that like you literally and this is what happened to me in this situation what i didn't do anything immediate Mm -hmm. i just i let it ride out i'm not saying that it wasn't like a life or death situation for you or me it was just like appeared that i shouldn't do anything immediately yeah that may- <laughs> well, but, I, but i mean isn't that like the the immediate response is to like not respond like do you understand what i mean i mean you can like say that yeah but you can see how that's action. markedly different oh yeah of course like, your is. house really is on funny. fire what yeah. should you do stay in the house yeah, yeah we always talk about fight or flight but fight or flight or give them your iphone stay home smoke yeah. weed house is on fire so, yeah. 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 i don't know so it's it's a lot you know i think it just seems pretty obvious when we think about like oh you know you're an emergency but it, it's not at all and people respond really differently and it's like is it more of like a political well, like, i actually have like a real i think like, i have a really funny story about this so like it responding differently so i was living uh-huh. in new york during hurricane sandy right which was it, it totally nuts in its own respect because it wasn't that big of a storm it's not like it was gonna like destroy everything right but new yorkers aren't used to hurricanes the way that we as Floridians are. You know what I no. mean? Like, not not even remotely in the same way. So, I remember, it was very funny, I was at work and um, Mustafa, one of our friends who was living in the battery at the time, had Moose. to evacuate. Mustafa! So, he had, to evacu- he had to evacuate, came to my apartment in Bed-Stuy, right? It's really funny that he was in this really nice apartment. He, like, oh, he got him. to my apartment in Bed-Stuy and he's like, I gotta log in to do trading, you know? Like, he, I, like everybody's gonna be working, you know? I gotta get on the remote banking desk. I got a sick short I'm working on. Gotta sell, gotta sell. Yeah, exactly. It was completely ridiculous. But so, he was also there with one of our friends, uh, John Mills, who is also from Florida. And I was at work and I was Shout talking to... Mills? Yeah, John Mills. 
um, and I was on the phone with John, and he was te- he was he was telling me it was I don't know it was probably like five o'clock. The storm was supposed to hit that night, and he was like, "Man, I'm really worried. I'm going to the I'm going to the supermarket right now, but like we don't have any water or anything. I'm sure everything's gonna be gone. Like we're totally fucked, right?" And I was like, "Ah, oh, go you know go get what you can," and. He calls me back about half an hour later to tell me that he went to the supermarket in uh, my Bedstein neighborhood and all of the water was still there, but all of the soda, all of the chips, and all of the blunt wraps were gone. <laughs> this was like, like and, and, and like supposedly, like there was a guy in front who was like, You ain't got That's swishes, a real right? Like, uh, <laughs> you ain't got swishes? Yeah, it was like, No, man, we're so out. Like, you know, everybody, everybody came in for them, like emergency provisions. In Brooklyn, you know what I mean? Like, soda, soda I'm going to have to dude. roll a Dutch? Yeah, exactly. I don't Mountain Dew. Yeah, there so is no dude. God. <laughs> it was so funny. It was so funny. And oh so, like, God. he called me back and he was like, yeah, I have a fuck ton of water. <laughs> like, you know, we're good. And I have all, all the water. Yeah, I have all the water. All the bread was still there. Everything that you would normally get in a hurricane was still there. Oh my God, and hilarious. it was all of that. So, you know, to say how people react differently, that was a pretty I think it was just, like, people abusing the fact that, like, they could get soda, like, with the soda tax. There was an emergency that, like, you could just get the soda. Fuck the soda tax. With no soda tax. Oh, my God. No soda tax. There's a soda tax. all of that. That is the party. Oh, my God. You know what he did? So, John actually then went to the liquor store, bought a bunch of Malibu and Bacardi. Okay, and no, because I'll explain. This comes back to this so comes the, back to this happened when I'll you were in explain. middle school, right? Explain, no, 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 no. explain. The I reason, explain. and then at the, at the same at the same liquor store, they had like Bahama Breeze scented candles. I get back. John is in a tropical shirt. Everybody there is from Florida. He has a tropical shirt for me to put Bahama. on. And then, yeah, exactly. He's in a Johnny Bahama thing or Tommy Bahama, whatever. Johnny Bahama. But so the thing is that then we proceeded to have like a super Florida style hurricane party with this tropical oh, yeah, scented dude. candle and like drinking, you know, pineapple juice with Malibu. It was ridiculous. It was fun. Hurricane season like in Florida is like I was still out of paying school rent, but I know. Well, everybody was evacuated there. Nobody lived there but me. Like you know, but uh, but yeah. And, and then actually that night, once the building started to sway, we realized that we had gotten like way too drunk for the situation. You know what I mean? The building wasn't swaying. You were <laughs> no, exactly. Who knows? Dude? I'm swaying. I don't even know I'm anymore. Swaying. But yeah, that's that's what I have to say anyway, about that. <laughs> point is, New York was a crazy time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <definitely>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I usually just like played Monopoly. I don't know. That was different. That's a different experience. You played Mono- Monopoly is so much worse than any hurricane. <laughs> First of all, Andrew Monopoly, dude, you're not good. you're not living. Dude. All right. Good Lord. I think it's a good place to kick Johnny off the fucking podcast. <laughs> Yeah, before we get a whole rant on the this, like, design of Monopoly. Is this, like, a podcast? I don't even know. <laughs> like, uh, right. <laughs> this podcast is in a state of emergency. Yeah. I need to leave and play. We're in, a, we're in a tailspin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, <laughs> thank you for... Uh, God bless you for listening. <laughs> Just... <laughs> God bless. Thanks. Oh, yeah. Gun, <laughs> gun bless you for oh, listening. Oh, my God. We will be back next week with more garbage content. Uh, <laughs> I am Jacob Lively, and uh, these are my oh, co-hosts. Recommendations. 
Oh god, we gotta do Rex. Yeah, we gotta do we Rex. We forgot right? Rex. Big Rex. I recommend ending your life after ending <laughs> this podcast. I recommend self harm and <laughs> self harm. You know. I recommend squeeps and good boys. <laughs> squeeps. <laughs> Alright, um, so my, my recommendation for this week, uh, I've been uh, um, Sami Nosrat and uh, Yotam Wadalingi, who are like two very prominent um, like Middle Eastern chefs. Oh, those are um, names of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they're names of the combat moves in <laughs> yeah, exactly. Japan, JRPG. I think, it, I think this cookbook won like a James Beard Award a couple of years ago, but it, it, it's called Jerusalem, and it is my new favorite. It's like on the level of Nopalito. Uh, and I'm just good. Yeah, I've been, been good. Johnny can confirm. I've been cooking out of it all week, and it is awesome. And it's a. It gives you. It's the book is really cool because just like Nopalito, it gives you a the the food of the Middle East, and especially of Israel, is they're all so in, all those cuisines are so influential on each other that it's sort of just become this like bastard hybrid cuisine. And so the book gives you these really unique um, historical perspectives on how these dishes came about. And like, even the dishes in the cookbook are the chef's like interpretations from their childhood and their experiences with the food of like how the food should be made. So, um, the cookbook's called Jerusalem. It's awesome. Jacob, did you read that like book that was the salt, heat, acid, whatever that was? Salt, fat, acid, heat. Oh, so it's salt. Yeah. I, my dad has that. I've looked at it before. Simon Nosrat actually uh, wrote that as well. So it's the same, same. Oh, really? Yep, same oh. chef, same chef that uh, worked on Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat, or I guess the same writer really. Mm-hmm. Um, also worked on this book with. Uh, I need to read that. Yotam Modelinga is like one of the most prominent Israeli American chefs. Um, I didn't know that was the same guy. That's so cool. All right, well. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it to Mark this time. Johnny gets to go last because he's a shit and he doesn't like Monopoly. <laughs> um, <laughs> Monopoly is a, a critique of capitalism. So I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend Monopoly. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Let's so. <laughs> play Monopoly. Um, now well, hold on before yeah. you go into this. This is important. What like uh, when you play Monopoly, do you go OG or do you prefer a themed Monopoly? <laughs> I well like I think that I think that you know you got to go with like Lord of the Rings Monopoly something that doesn't it, something that doesn't translate to like the capitalistic nature of the game you got to go with po- something Pokemon right? Monopoly no yeah. wait 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 wait, wait, wait. <laughs> are we for real you guys know why like Monopoly I wasn't joking I mean it's a joke but I wasn't joking no well, I understand I mean, yeah Did, you know you can just beat Monopoly right what you just you? get all the small houses. And then you uh, to to the, like yeah. choke the board out. I mean that's a strategy, yeah, but it's still like win. requires. No, 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 no. You it's to... how you win. It's like it Johnny. Was, like, if so we play Monopoly and you tried to implement that strategy, you would lose. <laughs> I have a life. Li- I have a one hundred percent. I have a one hundred percent lifetime Monopoly win rate. One hundred percent. I have literally never lost a game of Monopoly. Yeah, I'm not saying that I would win. I'm just saying that if you adopted that strategy, you would always win against me. He does even me knowing it. No, what I'm saying is that <laughs> the game was. I could adopt the strategy of buying both purple properties and not building houses on them, and then running around the board, and I would still. Cr- I would demoralize you. I'm not trying to say I would win. I'm just saying there is a strategy out there that wins. Anyway, not a well. The game wasn't designed to be competitive. It was designed to make a point. I'm not kidding. The game was the game. The game was written. I'm the game familiar was made with by a what you're talking about. The game was the, designed by the socialist. The strategy like, that you're that capitalism you're, like, is talking. a problem. I want to make the most frustrating game possible. The strategy anyway. that you're speaking to isn't actually like practically 
implementable. Okay. So okay. Anyway, yeah, okay, fucking sure. <laughs> like I guess all I ask is what really themed monopoly really do you like? About that, so I'm gonna believe him, even though I think that Jacob. Probably well, let's all play Monopoly sometime. Yeah, How about exactly. that? We'll play Monopoly. Um, all right, go with your recommendation. You play Monopoly. I'll read articles about Monopoly. <laughs> That's how it's gonna go down. Okay, so I'm gonna recommend this movie called Demon. That's on Amazon. If you have Amazon Prime, it's on Amazon Video. It is a uh, a Polish horror movie that came out, I think, in 2015, maybe last year, maybe in 2016, but um. It is, it's really great. The, I, I guess the only comparison that I would actually make for it is that um, it has kind of some of the subtlety of The Witch in the way that The Ooh, Witch I is love like, that movie. yeah, exactly. So do I, I really like The Witch. But so in the way that that's just kind of this like folk story in, at its roots, right? But it's actually, you know, it's about like a grander theme. Allegorical. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's allegorical. And there's also like, you know, a theme about like purity and like religion, all of that stuff, right? There's a lot going on in that movie that you can talk about. Similarly, the way that the demon works is that it's kind of a conventional uh, possession story, right? But a lot of the underlying themes are, and I mean, I guess it it might be like a little heavy handed at times. Like it's very obvious that the movie is actually about like the relationship between um, Polish Jews and ethnic Christian Poles after after World War II, right? But the thing is, I mean, is that's that, something I'm interested in. So yeah, no, no, it's fantastic, and that's also it's it's about a dibbic. I mean, you're yeah, you know about dibbics, right, Jacob? Like, aren't you Jewish? You cut out for just a sec. What did you oh, say? Oh, dibbics, like a dibbic, the Jewish demon. No, I. Oh my I, god, okay, that, that sounds like it would be from the Kabbalah. I'm not familiar with Kabbalah. Oh, okay, but so it is. Um, so yeah, it's about a dibbic, which is like you know a demon in Jewish folklore. But, okay, okay. Um, uh, it's very good. It's really. I was really surprised by um, just how good it was. Sometimes when you're watching a lot of horror movies, you'll accidentally stumble upon something that a lot of people have talked really highly of, but that won't stand up to like yeah, a, like a deeper criticism, particularly like you know from a you know cinematic criticism perspective. Totally, yeah. And this one, I think, really does stand up to that. It's a demon, and it's available on Amazon Video. Yeah, I'm. Li- I'm also literally gonna watch it tonight. So yeah, I think you'll really <laughs> like it, Jacob. Dope, Johnny. You got anything to recommend? Yeah, that's what we're doing. <laughs> that's Maybe. what we're doing. <laughs> I recommend falling in love. <laughs> Is that a book or? <laughs> it's a book of poetry, which I'd recommend to read poetry. No, I think um, there's this. So we went to museums and. Amsterdam. I went to museums when I was doing my Euro trip, so I got really pumped about art, which I know nothing about. <laughs> um, there's this book series, this like Tashin book series about all of art history. I would recommend if there's any. You're reading uh, really abstract like expressionism right now, right? I finished it, um, and I just you know I'm reading another book by like another series right now, but I I like this in terms of if you're just interested in a certain period and you want a primer. Um, they have it on both artists and like periods, periods movements. Yeah. I guess so like I read, you know, they have one, I'm, I'm ordered the one on Mondrian, which I'm really interested in, but I just read the abstract expressionism one. It's really cool. It gives you about like 15 pages of the history and then it'll go through like, if it's a period, 
um, like all the significant artists of that period. It looks really with, cool. I haven't, I haven't actually yeah. read the book yet, but I've been looking at Johnny reading it lovingly from afar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he likes to caress him. But uh, yeah, it, so I just like, yeah, it's just good because for some, you know, I'm reading more like in-depth books right now, but just to get me like kind of primed on the period so I know the whole, like the historical context. I really enjoyed it. So I would recommend it. You know, they have ones on, like, surrealism, on impressionism, on, you know, Picasso. Just anything that you just wanted to know about that, you know, you like you like something from that period or that artist and you want more of a primer. It's got, like, beautiful color photos. tells you where that piece is right now, what museum it's in. Which I think is really fascinating. Yeah, if that's you're interesting. Interested in like going to view it? Like now, I I really need to go to Germany. Like, <laughs> <laughs> turns out a lot of stuffs in Germany, and I did not go there. But um, anyway, yeah, I would recommend that series. There's like fifty to hundred different. What's books it called again? Check out. It's it's a T A S C H E N is the publisher. It's like their series. Okay, you can just totally. look it up. Yeah. Cool. Um, anyway. All right. Well. Uh, Thank you for the recommendations, guys. And I think that that's going to do it for uh, everyone's favorite Monopoly criticism slash <laughs> Clarence Thomas appreciation slash whatever the fuck podcast. Uh, we will, <laughs> we will <laughs> really excellent sign off. We will see you guys next Improv week. Improv at its finest. Oh, fuck you guys. All right. Bye, everybody. <laughs>